This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Hello and welcome to Ask Floss. I'm so happy you're here to join me. For those of you that might be new, this is the place where you can ask me anything. Okay, here we go with your first question. What's your skincare routine? Um, so I I used to be really bad at like picking my skin. So my main thing is just that's my main skincare routine. It's just for me to just not pick my skin when I'm bored honestly. It's really hard not to. So not picking my skin. And also I use bio oil on my scars. I have some scars, um, like acne scars I use a bio oil for to help smooth those over. And in terms of like daily skincare routine, um, at the moment I'm using Charlotte Tilbury's, this is not an ad, (laughs) at the moment I'm using Charlotte Tilbury's um, magic serum and then the magic cream afterwards in the mornings and it makes my skin feel really soft and glowy. Okay, on to our next question. We're moving on to some slut-shaming themed questions here. Delicious. (laughs) How do I be angry at a friend for repeatedly cheating on every partner she's had in the last couple of years without slut-shaming her for it? That's not slut-shaming. It's just morals. I have never been in that situation and that does sound really tricky. I have had friends make bad decisions for themselves, bad decisions for others. I guess your question is here, how do I not enable them? And that is a tricky one. (laughs) I've had a situation where I think your friends need to know that you support them, but with love and tough love and honesty, I've had to say to friends um, who have fucked up on numerous occasions, how are we going to get through this? What are we going to do? What do you need from me to do the right thing? Um, I've been very honest with my friends when I think that they are in the wrong in a situation. I think it's so easy to just tell your friends that you love and support them. The harder thing to do is do the thing that they actually need, which is be honest. So perhaps to stop building this mound of resentment inside you for your friend and the decisions that they're making with their partners by cheating on them, you can have a frank conversation and it will be it will be tricky. They might not like you for it, but if they are the friend that you think they are, in the long run, in in a year, maybe a few months, they will turn around and say, fucking thank you for being honest with me. Um, Hopefully that's what will happen. But I think it's eating you up inside. So you probably do need to say something and communicate clearly before you explode. Because when you skip conversations, uh, you tend to overreact. Okay, on to the next question. Two years ago, my ex and I broke up. It completely broke me as I thought we were going to be together forever. Rolling eye emoji. (laughs) He was awful to me when we were together. And after our breakup, I found out about a load of people he cheated on me with, including one of my closest mates. Since then, I have slip-ups with him and in moments of weakness, I have met him and messaged him. I sometimes hate myself that I haven't moved on and that I'm still in love with him after everything. He is now blocked on everything and I'm really benefiting from that distance and separation. My dilemma is my best friend in the world is still friends with my ex. And in the past, I have said that it's okay, although deep down, it really isn't. They were friends before we met, but for the past three to four years, we have been best mates and my friend and ex are not hugely close. I've subsequently been using her for drips of information about him. Ooh! 
I don't think that I can sustain my progress of cutting him out whilst they are still friends. I recently worked up the courage to talk to my friend about this and instead of listening to me, she got defensive and said I was being manipulative by trying to stop them being friends. I don't know what to do. She is my best friend, but I feel like I need this boundary. I thought she would stop talking to him as we are so much closer, but she has been very cold with me for the past week. I don't know how to make her understand the stress it's causing me without being quote unquote manipulative. It's a bit of a mess. Wow, that is so, that is a mess. And I understand because you're both calling each other manipulators. You're saying, how dare you be friends with my ex? You know what he did to me. And then she's saying you're being manipulative for making me cut him off. What I will say is you can't control who your friends are with, but you have every right to end or break or pause a friendship with someone because it's affecting your mental health. It seems you've said in the message he was awful to you in this relationship. I completely understand the need for that distance and that you're annoyed at yourself for meeting up with him, but it's a process. It is a process. And clearly it's like you're working this person out of your system. And the last connection that you have to him is through this friend who's drip feeding you information about him. That is not going to help you moving on from him, still being with this, friends with this person, especially if they're telling you. Now, you have to work out whether you're comfortable with this person, your friend, being friends with your ex and just not hearing about him. Or if you cannot maintain a friendship with someone who is still friends with your ex who was awful to you. And then once you've decided that, you need to relay it sensitively to your friend. And you can say this by, this is nothing personal. I need to heal from this relationship and any reminder of this man either sends me spiraling or sends me wanting to message him, sends me into his arms, even again, as you've said, you've been back to see him and that it's not good for you. And uh, your friend might be very hurt and take it personally, but you have to do it for you else you're not going to move on. I wouldn't say it's manipulative that you're telling your friend this, but you can't tell people to stop hanging out with someone else. They'll probably double down and hang out with them more that's my experience. Um, No one likes to be told what to do. I would, in the situation, tell them how it makes me feel. And then just have a conversation about your feelings. Um, I really feel for you, that is a very tricky one. And the best of luck to talking with your friend about that one as well. Okay, on to the next one. Hey Floss, I'm currently questioning my gender identity. I don't mind when my close friends call me a girl because I know that we share the same feminist values. But when strangers address me with miss or for example, when my parents call me their daughter, it makes me really uncomfortable and I feel like they're trying to put me in a box with a lot of expectation. I don't feel comfortable being labelled as a woman when it comes to all the expectations society has on them. But on the other hand, I feel very empowered and resonate with the experiences that you share in your book. Is this just internalised misogyny or am I really on the non-binary spectrum? Do you have any advice? Wow. And also, also, I just want to say, do not put the power of your gender identity in anybody else's hands but yourself. I cannot tell you if you are non-binary or if you are a woman. Um, Also, try to get comfortable with not knowing. Every single day, I wonder, am I bisexual or am I a lesbian? Do I actually like men? Is my attraction to men learned or is it something I actually feel? And then I kind of just decide on being okay with not knowing and just being attracted to who the fuck I'm attracted to. But the trickiness with that is that people want the answers, right? It seems that you're perfectly happy in this bubble of being a bit gender fluid, but that other people make it hard because other people want an answer from you. So try to remind yourself that that's what it is. Clearly, you're very comfortable being who you are, but it's other people that demand these labels of you. And do not feel like you're being a burden for asking people to adjust their language. 
but also expect people to, you know, slip up. I think, I, th- I think the good indicator is when people try. I remember when I felt the only thing I can relate to is when I first came out as bisexual to my mum. And she said, uh, you know, it was no longer, oh, you're dating any boys. It was, you're dating any boys. Oh, all girls. <laughs> and even though it was an afterthought, it still meant a lot to me that she was trying. So I think, yeah, it matters that people are trying. And also just remember that you know who the fuck you are. And uh, it's that very classic, you know, nobody can label you. I know that's very cliche, but it's cliche for a reason. You know who you are. And maybe just have something that you say to other people to help them understand. Okay, on to the next question. I'm not entirely sure if I enjoy sex to its fullest extent. I mean, I definitely like it, but I'm also a bit inexperienced. My last time having sex, I'm not sure if I just felt like I should have enjoyed it or if I actually did. How do I know? I just feel like me in my bed and me out of my bed are two completely different people. Is this normal? Like, I'm known for being extremely opinionated and to be honest, being called a bitch is a compliment to me at this point (laughs) because I like that I intimidate people. However, during sexual experiences, I feel like I'm the complete opposite, like more submissive and whatnot. I love you, Floss. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, Okay, so, wow, yes. And I think so many women are going to relate to this. Um, What's that saying? About being a freak in the sheets and something else on the streets. (laughs) It's totally normal. It's so normal. I think it's totally normal to um, have different like preferences and stuff. You see women who are like in high powered jobs absolutely love to be submissive in the bedroom. You see the same with some men. It's the very like stereotypical like city banker who loves to be spat on by a dominatrix, you know? It's like there are so many wildly contrasting things. Being a different person in bed is not unnormal. So if you do enjoy being submissive, then fucking own it. Um love that for you. You've discovered what you like and you should have no shame about what you like in the bedroom. Who cares about where it comes from um, unless it's something you actually don't like and something that makes you feel a bit shit Then maybe that's something you want to like talk about with someone or like research into. But honestly, own your sexual desires. Uh, You should not feel ashamed about any of your kinks or however different you are in the bedroom. Um, But it sounds like you don't actually like the sex. So then perhaps you do need to work on being more assertive in the bedroom. You've said that you're not sure if you even enjoy it. Um, It does sound like maybe you're not being inside your body during the sex. Um, So I would listen to the call-in episode that I did with Alex Fox. That was incredible. We spoke all about this kind of stuff and she gave some very good advice for getting inside your bodies. Um, And yeah, you said you feel like you're not enjoying sex to your fullest extent. Have you tried masturbating? Have you tried asserting yourself in the bedroom? Have you tried telling the person that you like? Maybe you're having loads of casual sex when actually you really want safety and uh, not that casual sex isn't always safe. Maybe you want um, something a bit more intimate because casual sex doesn't always come with intimacy that you get from a more developed connection. I would say just ask yourself what doesn't feel good about it and experiment. Okay, next question. Hi Floss, fucking love your podcast and the guests so far. You're similar in age to me and my question is, how do you deal with someone who undermines your voice on feminism due to lack of experience or age? This is the story of my life, whoever's asking this. I try to stay as well informed as possible to eliminate these comments I get when I have a differing or outspoken opinion, but it's so frustrating. 
can't wait for the next episode already. Thank you so much for the nice words. Uh, whoever asked this about the podcast. I get this all the time. This is why I love to do the podcast as well, because I feel like with Instagram, something about Instagram is it's your image and words. And people are very good at making you look silly, taking you out of context and doing all this weird stuff with your words. So that's why I love this show, because I just get to talk my ass off and share my opinions and be heard properly. That's why I love to do this. So yeah, how do you deal with someone who undermines your age? I've become a lot better at not reacting to when someone undermines me. Um, personally, because I know that it's to do with their own shit. A lot of women don't like young, exciting women. Um, they don't like women who have their own opinions. And it's just a basic fact of misogyny. You can call it people. Will, some people call it jealousy. Some people will say, oh, it's because you have a lack of experience. But a lot of the time, we just don't like that young women can be opinionated. We don't like that women have a voice. We don't like that women assert themselves. Maybe because it reminds us that we don't advocate for our desires as often as we'd like to. I personally find women who are better than me and more intelligent, more interesting, more exciting, more well-read. I find them very fucking inspiring. And I choose to turn that feeling of inferiority when I'm next to those women into inspiration. It inspires me. I'm so inspired by women when I see women get deals, when I see women write movies, when I see women do this stuff. I see it as like, fuck, that is possible for women to do. Um, so that's kind of my approach to when I see that stuff. But a lot of people don't have that approach. A lot of people will undermine you and say that you don't have the experience to talk about whatever. I say talk, talk about talk about your experience. And also people think that you need to be some kind of like... A lot of people don't realise things until later in life. So if you have some ideas and thoughts as a young person, a lot of people just don't like it because you realised your potential or you stood up for yourself a lot longer than that, a lot younger than they were when they did for themselves. Um, don't take it personally. Keep fucking going. And, you know, you said here, I try to stay as well informed as possible, you know, to eliminate these comments. You don't have to have all the fucking answers. Um, you don't ever. And in fact, it's, it's good to admit that you don't. Okay. On to the next question. How do I differentiate between my real fantasies and what I am conditioned by the patriarchy to assume that my role should be in sex? How much of a submissive position is ingrained socially within women? And if it does stem from patriarchal conditioning, should I attempt to override it? You like what you like. And if it makes you feel good, then that's okay. I think stepping into different roles in the bedroom, as long as the person knows it's a role, then you are well within your rights to explore that if it makes you feel fucking good. Okay, on to the next question. I find it hard to identify myself as bisexual because I do like girls and boys, but I also think that vulvas are prettier than penises. But it turns out that I only find myself having crushes on guys for some reason. Is this normal? What do I want? Hi. Hi. See, that's perfectly normal. Ask yourself what kind of girls you fancy. Is it like girls in the media? Uh, do you have a type? Do you like someone who's more dominant? Do you like someone who's more masked? Do you like someone who's more feminine? You Maybe you just haven't met someone you fancy. I also totally understand the confusion though. The whole thing of being bi is confusing as fuck because like I said, society, we love labels and when you don't have one, it confuses people and it will even confuse yourself at many points. Um, perhaps you've just not found someone to fancy, but also bisexuality is such such a spectrum. You have people who like aren't attracted to many men, but then are also attracted to loads of women or it's, it's completely different for everyone and there's no one experience. So don't feel invalidated just because you haven't found a girl that you know that you fancy yet. Yeah. 
There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We're a new show breaking down the anime and pop culture news you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) And we agree on some things, but not on everything. Oof. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. Listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Hey Floss, I recently came out as bi. Do you have any advice for navigating this new journey? I feel like I've answered this in so many different iterations, probably over the past, well, my whole career, to be honest. (laughs) Um, But I just, so I don't want to repeat myself, um, but don't do anything that you feel pressured into doing for the sake of feeling validated in your queer identity. Um, I have friends who are in straight passing relationships. I have girls who absolutely love cock um, and are bisexual. I have friends who love pussy more. Everyone has like a different relationship with their sexuality and their bisexuality. So my advice would be don't feel like you need to do things and be more gay to prove that you are bisexual and follow lots of bisexual influencers online. If you Google bisexual influencers, there's probably some cosmopolitan articles that you can click on that will give you like a whole host of people to follow. So yeah, have a go at that. Okay, next question. I was just listening to your podcast with Leila Saad. She touched lightly on how you should try reading books from black authors and Asian authors. I'm a big reader and I've realised most of the books I read are written by white women. 
I was wondering if you have any author recommendations who are from different races, religions, genders, and sexuality. Okay, so actually most of the books that I, um, something I need to do is read more fiction by black people and by people of color. I read a lot of non-fiction books, to be honest. So I have a highlight on my Instagram page just called Books, where you can check out so many authors there. I hi- If you like my kind of stuff, which I assume you do if you're here, I highly recommend Bell Hooks because she talks a lot about dating and a lot about love as well. Um, so I'd highly recommend reading some Bell Hooks. You can read Homecoming by Dr. Tamer if you enjoyed her episode on here. Um, also another book, an incredible book on race, Why I'm No Longer Talking to White People About Race by Rene Edo-Lodge, who is an absolutely incredible author. Um, and like I said, you can check my books highlight on Instagram, which is amazing as well. There are loads of books that you can check out on my highlight on the books highlight on my Instagram. Hi Florence, I'm in desperate need of advice as really I'm just sat here crying with no idea what to do about it. I had a coil fitted two years ago. It caused unbearable pain, so I had it removed, but it has left a lasting pain in my womb somewhere that makes sex incredibly painful, as well as my period and other problems like incontinence. Anyway, I don't particularly feel like I have much empathy from my boyfriend. Oh, I'm so sorry. This is so shit. Um, I've lost my libido. I've always been very sexually charged, so this is a huge struggle. It's affected my confidence, how I view my body, and really, I'm fucking lost. I feel alone. The GP found nothing and I'm at a loss as to where to get help and how the fuck to highlight to my partner that he is making me feel awful about it. I am so, so, so sorry. And I'm really, really sorry that the person that you love most in this world isn't acknowledging your pain and doesn't view it as something that matters. Um, I really deeply hope um, that you're not having sex when you don't want to. Um, I know that there can be a lot of guilt tied up in this, especially if your partner's not supporting you. There's a lot of guilt in feeling like you must please him and you absolutely do not. If I could say anything, it would be to, you know, take a break from, from penetrative sex until you feel that it's okay. There are so many, I'm not a GP, so I'm really sorry. I can't give you any information on what this could possibly be. And I'm, I honestly don't think that the person you're with deserves you um, if they're not acknowledging that you're in excruciating pain when you have sex. That's a re- really not a nice situation to be in. Unless, of course, you're not telling them that you're in pain because uh, you're too afraid to. That's a completely different story. I would really com- com- communicate. This is, this is I, it used to, my message used to just be like, just dump him. But my new one is just communicate or dump. <laughs> communicate. I think you need to communicate and then you need to make the decision about whether this person respects you and your body. There are so many other ways to have sex that don't involve penetration. And I really hope that you can try out some of those, even if it's masturbation and getting in touch with your body again. I'm so sorry that you've not found any help with the GP. And I really hope that maybe trying to masturbate on your own, try some humping things, trying some sex toys. I really hope that that kind of stuff can give you back the confidence that you feel that you're lacking um, and isn't being reinstated into you with your partner. Okay, on to the next question. How do I stop conflating platonic love with romantic love? I often love bomb my friends because of my daddy issues and need for attention, and I guess I kind of scare them away. I know I need to stop, but I really struggle with differentiating the two and often just assume that I'm sexy enough to everyone to be desperately in love with me. <laughs> Help. <laughs> This is so incredible. 
I've had the same thing. I love my friends so much. I've had to stop myself from, especially because I'm queer, like treating my friends like girlfriends because I'm just so infatuated with them and I love them and I want them to feel amazing. Um, It can be quite confusing. I've also had women do it with me, women in my life who maybe show too much physical affection and it's setting boundaries. I would maybe try to be honest with your friends with how you feel about showing and expressing love because that is received in so many different ways depending on other people's love language. You know, yours might be physical touch and gift giving and theirs might be words of affirmation. So to them, it is quite overwhelming. Your first part of this was, how do I stop conflating platonic love with romantic love? If you're usually a very sexually charged person, I think probably ask yourself if they make your pussy tingle or if you just love to be around them. Those are two completely different things. Love and lust are so different. I also, I love the bit at the end that you assume you're sexy enough for everyone to be desperately in love with you. I mean, that that's probably the best state to be in as long as you're not uh, making anyone uncomfortable, right? Like, I, I want to walk around thinking that I'm sexy enough to get anyone I want and then just being okay with the rejection. That sounds like a gorgeous place to be in. <laughs> okay, on to the next question. Hey, I absolutely love your podcast. It's been so insightful so far. I have a question for you. I feel like I'm outgrowing my friends. I've been friends with them since college, so six years now. I've been on an amazing self-journey recently and my eyes have been open to see who they really are as people. And I know that our morals and views are completely different and it's very problematic. I don't know how to feel because I love them, but I know it's not good for me and my growth to carry on being around them. Thank you. Keep doing amazing work. Okay, so you said over... um, You've been on an amazing self journey recently and your morals and views are completely different. Would you say though that these people are perhaps just a few months behind where you were? If if you've only just been on this journey yourself and now you can see that your friends are in that same place, are these people who might want to join you on that journey or are these people who you've tried to open up to new ideas and they're being resistant and reluctant to them? There's a difference there. I, I outgrow my friends, my friends outgrow me and I learn new things from them all the time. And I wouldn't like to think that I would be dropped from my friends because they learned something new. I would, however, respect it if my friends felt we were in different places and that we were, that we were growing organically in different directions. I also think that uh, friendship breakups, they tend not to be as dramatic as an actual breakup because it just kind of slowly happens over time. And that sounds like that might be what you're going through. And it is very sad and it's hard to mourn because you can't really pinpoint or put your finger on uh, what's going on there and and who's who's, who's the person at fault, who's who's this, who's that. Sometimes you just grow apart from people and that is a part of life. You're not, you said you've been friends with them for six years. You're not the same person you were when you were, I don't know, let's say you're 25, when you were 19, you know, if this was six years ago, you're not the same person. And that's totally normal, totally natural. Um, yeah, I, it says you, you say you don't know how to feel, but I think you know how you feel. You're not the same person anymore. Um, and it's, it feels almost like a skin that you're shedding, but it's, it's a different story. If you love these people and they might, just take a bit of time, you know? I think people, friends are worth investing in also. Don't just, I wouldn't rec- ever recommend to just cut someone off the second they show a difference of opinion. A difference of opinion is quite beautiful sometimes. But if these are like deep entrenched values that you've now changed for yourself over the years, um, then it, it might be best to start making new friends. Okay, on to the next question. How can I let go more during sex alone and with my boyfriend? I'm often in the mood and even though it feels good, I can never fully relax or climax. How can I stop overthinking it? Deep breaths 
and telling your boyfriend all of your anxieties about how you're feeling. He's your boyfriend, so I assume you trust him with all, all of that kind of stuff. So um, tell him how you're feeling in your body and work together collaboratively. This is not something that you need to show up to 100% perfect. It's Sex is a collaboration. So absolutely try and talk to him about that. Also, when it comes to mas- masturbation, um, you can also engage in masturbation in a way that is almost like junk food. It's like putting on the porn videos, clit sucker up to the max, just trying to get it over and done with. Um, maybe try something a bit slower and more intentional. Um a bit like dating, like a bit like not fucking someone on the first date so that it's really exciting further down the line, you know? So it's a bit like that with uh, masturbating also. So light a candle, just start touching yourself without your sex toy and just take it really slow and allow yourself to build up. And that way you get into a more present mindset where you're not thinking about what you're going to do for dinner later (laughs) while you wank. Okay, on to the next question. How do I deal with getting cheated on? Babes, that is completely up to you and I cannot answer that question. You might want to throw shit at a wall. You might want to scream. You might want to have sex with someone else. Everyone acts, reacts and acts in different ways um, after something like that, particularly when it's a betrayal. Betrayals of trust are absolutely horrendous and it does something to the body when you realise that the person you thought was safe has been lying to you. So please don't judge yourself for how you react with it. But what I, my advice would be not to try and get revenge. It would be to heal, but allow yourself to be a bit messy first. If you're being a bit messy, it's okay. But pick yourself the fuck back up afterwards because you will not let this thing destroy you. And the person that cheated on you does not deserve to exert that control over your life. Okay, on to the next question. I'm 18 years old and I've only ever kissed one person and it was shit. How can I remind myself that this is normal and feel better when all my friends are a lot more experienced? Love you, Flossy G. I love you too, whoever sent in this message. Uh, so you're 18 years old and you've only ever kissed one person and it was shit. Um, of course it's normal. Oh my God, everyone's absolute pants at kissing when they're younger, especially uh, also when you get older as well. Oh my God, I've been on so many crap dates where the kissing's sloppy. They're not really paying attention to your rhythm. It's completely dominating or it's not dominating enough. Um, and it's a bit of a big, wet, sloppy machine. Have you seen Anger Songs and Perfect Snogging? Just watch that. Watch what happens with the saliva. I think it's like a four minute long uh, snog with no breaks or something silly like that. Watch that episode and it'll make you feel so much better. Uh, watching other women be messy will probably <laughs> remind you that it's totally fucking normal. Okay, on to the next question. I need your help. I'm graduating art school, but have a lack of motivation. How do you get inspired? So I want to start off by saying sometimes I am deeply uninspired. I went through like a really bad creative depression where I was like, how am I ever going to... Could you imagine my first book, Women Don't Are You Pretty, broke a world record, was a Sunday Times bestseller, did all this stuff. And I was like, how the fuck... Am I ever going to create anything ever again? I almost just didn't want to create anything because I was like, it's never going to, it's just going to pale in comparison. Um, And I went through like this really, like this creative depression period where I was like, fuck, this is so overwhelming. And then I spoke to my friends about my ideas and I started to see, you know, it was really hard for me to share my new ideas with my friends. I started to see the light in their eyes as I spoke about this book idea, which is now Girl Crush, And then I went and wrote the thing with my book agent. Um, I took the idea to her and she said, write the proposal and let's, let's, um, 
let's give it a go. So I went through a very creative, like, bout of, like, like a creative dry spell, basically. So I just want to let you know that it's completely normal to feel unmotivated. You might even look at someone like me who's done all this stuff and be like, how does she always feel inspired? I don't. I had to listen to podcasts. I had to, like, like, it's really boring when life doesn't prompt you to think differently. And that's why I love listening to any old fucking podcast, um, to just kind of be prompted in a different direction. So I would say, listen to different podcasts. Like, don't just listen to my podcast, listen to somebody else's podcast. Um, I have on Apple Music, actually, I have a, a playlist of recommendations for podcasts to listen to. Um, listen to business podcasts, listen to fiction writing podcasts, listen to podcasts about nature, listen to lots of different things um, to just kind of remind you that there's also, don't get so caught up on doing the next completely redefining, earth shattering thing. You don't need to do that. You can just make something that's brilliant. And don't put so much pressure on yourself to be like the next whatever. Just be yourself and make it up. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for getting in touch. And it means so much to me that you're here and I love answering all of your questions. I've got a bunch more questions to answer next week. Can't wait. Love you. Bye.